Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 1 Peter chapter 5 To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, so that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. With the help of Silas, who I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. And so we read in this uh, last chapter of 1 Peter that Peter's traveling companion, uh, one of his traveling companions, is the same as one of Paul's major traveling companions, the apostle Silas, the missionary Silas, who began to accompany Paul on his second missionary journey and was a close confidant of Paul's. Apparently, Silas also was in relationship with Peter and traveled with Peter from time to time. So Paul and Silas and Peter and Silas. Silas was well acquainted with both men. Peter writes appealing to elders as an elder himself. This uh, book of 1 Peter is a, a book that contains a lot of instructions to pastors. It's one of the pastoral epistles. And so uh, elders, of course, all pastors are elders. Not necessarily all elders are pastors, but all pastors are elders. And Peter appeals to the elders as an elder himself. He could have easily said, um, Peter, an apostle, you know, Peter, one of the chosen 12, Peter this, Peter that, Peter the bishop of Rome, or whatever title he decided to, to put on himself. But he said, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. And so Peter is um, uh, building a bridge among other church leaders and putting himself on par with them. He goes on to say, and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share the glory to be revealed. So Peter claims to have been an eyewitness to the sufferings of Jesus Christ, which, of course, he was. Then he goes on to give instructions for elders and church leaders in every generation. Verse 2, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. 
watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing. I like that. Not because you must, not because there's some compulsion to watch over them, but because you're willing to watch over them. I've said many times that as a pastor, I'm willing to serve the Lord in this capacity um, until someone better qualified who is also willing comes along and the Lord says it's for them. And so I do it out of a willingness for for um, service and a, a love for God, not out of some internal compulsion that I, I need to do this for ego gratification or self-satisfaction. I do it because I'm willing, because I love the Lord and He loves me. Peter goes on to write that you shouldn't serve as an elder pursuing dishonest gain, but you should be eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And so many spiritual leaders, Christian spiritual leaders, get confused. Sometimes they do, in fact, lord over those that are entrusted to them. But the example of Christ should always be before us. Jesus, who made himself in the form of a servant, came and served the church. He didn't make the church serve him. He served the church. Elders are all under shepherds, under Jesus, who is the chief shepherd. Peter writes, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That's if you're serving because you're willing and if you're not lording it over those uh, that you serve and if you are not pursuing uh, dishonest gains. All of these things are disqualifiers. They're not approved by the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And you that sit under various church leaders, you need to choose your leadership wisely that you submit yourself to. But once you're submitted, you need to support those um, who serve you in leadership. Peter writes, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So this idea of uh, submitting yourself to church elders is a biblical principle, but the right church elders, those who are serving out of right motives, those who are in a, a deep and committed relationship with the Lord for your good and not for their own uh, self-interest. This idea of a God opposing the proud but showing favor to the humble or grace to the humble, I want to remind you, friends, of what you already know. God himself is humble. He's meek. Remember, he came lowly, not making a great show, not announcing to the world that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, had arrived. But he came lowly in a little manger in a town called Bethlehem in the middle of nowhere in Israel. Bethlehem in those days was a little village. It was of no real importance other than the fact that King David had once lived there. But Jesus was born there, and he wasn't even thought worthy to be born in a house or a hotel. He was born out in the stable with the animals because there was no room for him in the finer accommodations. In like manner, we ourselves are instructed to clothe ourselves with humility. Jesus clothed himself with humility and we are likewise to clothe ourselves with humility. Why? Because God opposes the proud. He is not impressed with proud people, friends. He gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so we want to be in the, uh, the group that receives grace. We want to receive God's favor. We don't want to be opposed by God or res- resisted by God. We want the favor of Almighty God. Humble yourselves before God humbles you. That's the, the principle. In verse 6, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, so that he may lift you up in due time. In other words, if you do humble yourself, if you choose to, God will reward you. 
God will exalt you. God will lift you to a, a place of importance, if not in this world, then certainly in the world to come. But we have every reason to be humble before a holy God. We have every reason to be humble in the presence of the living God. Whether we're among men or not, we're always in the presence of God. We need to be aware of who He is. It's not hard to humble ourselves when we're aware that He's Almighty God, the Creator of all things, the one who holds our next breath in His very hands, the one who holds time and eternity in His hands. We should humble ourselves before Him because it's right. He is the mighty God, and we're not. Peter gives us some final warnings in verse 7, 8, and 9. In verse 7, we read, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Never lose sight of that, friends, as believers. As a lover of Jesus Christ and as a born-again believer, the living God cares for you. He invites you to cast all your anxiety on Him. So maybe today you're anxious about your finances. Maybe you're anxious about your marriage. Maybe you're anxious about your, uh, your, your work or school or friendships, your church, whatever it is. It says, cast all of your anxiety on him, whatever it is. Why? Because he loves you. He cares for you. He wants to carry your troubles. When things in life come along that are too big for you to handle, you need to give them over to the Lord. He's waiting for them today, friends. And so in your heart, just make a little altar in front of you and push whatever it is that's troubling you onto that altar before the Lord. He wants these troubles. He wants these anxieties. In verse 8, we read, be alert and of sober mind. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The implication is that if you're not alert and sober-minded, the roaring lion of the devil may, may devour you, may consume you, may mess up your life. So we need to be spiritually alert and of a sober mind. We need to be focused on the things above, not the things below. Speaking of the devil, he writes, resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. So we're instructed once again to resist the devil. We've been read in a prior um, book of the Bible, resist the devil and he'll flee. Here we read, resist him standing firm in the faith. Because you know others are going through suffering. You know others are being opposed by the devil. You know others are standing firm in their faith. Likewise, you should resist the devil the temptation of the devil, the wiles of the devil, the attacks, the persecution, whatever it is, and stand firm in the faith you have in Jesus Christ. Finally, Peter writes an apostolic blessing, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Father, we thank you for the Apostle Peter. Although one of the original twelve, and in fact a leader of the twelve, he put himself forward humbly as an elder to other elders. He humbled himself before you, and he was indeed lifted up in due time to a place of prominence in the early church and now in the throne rooms of heaven forever and ever. Lord, may we indeed learn to cast all of our anxieties on you, We thank you that you do care for us. Teach us to be alert and sober-minded. Teach us to resist the devil and stand firm in the faith. Lord, we love you. We believe that your word is true. 
we know that yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. God, we thank you that you've called us in your eternal glory into the fellowship of Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit. Lord, we bless you now. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.